Man, Jalen Brown leaves the door open for suitors. The refs pull the switcheroo on the Mavericks and Paul George dodges serious injury. I'm Rosa Pantas, the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Woo, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. What about you, my guys? And I'm feeling good. John, how you living, my friend? Hey, can't complain, man. Good to be here. And Sammy, with that the Hawaiian, that Hawaiian glow, man. How you living, my friend? Aloha, friends. It's good to be back. And I try to channel my peace and zen to Paul George and his knee. <laughs> nice, dude. All right, boys. We got to talk about some basketball here. We're going to talk about something interesting. The Mavericks and Warriors played a basketball game. The Warriors ended up winning. But that wasn't the news. The news is that there was this strange play, and I know you guys all saw it, basically where the Warriors got a free inbounds play and scored two points. And Mark Cuban had some things to say about this. Mark Cuban had a tweet. He said, for those wondering about the play with a minute 54 to go in the third, let me explain what happened. The ref called Mavs ball. The announcer announced it. Then there was a timeout. During the timeout, the officiating changed the call and never told us. Then when they saw us line up as if it was our ball, he just gave the ball to the Warriors. Never said a word to us. They got an easy basket. Crazy, it would matter in a two-point game. Worst officiating non-call mistake possibly in the history of the NBA. All they had to do was tell us, and they didn't. Now, I want your guys' comments on the play, <laughs> what you guys were thinking in the moment. Also, like, Mark Cuban's, like, fire response tweet. What do you guys think? Oh, all, I, all I can say first is that I know that there's two people here on this podcast that probably think that the play was completely all above water. Nothing egregious about it. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, play on, carry on, right? Look clean. Absolutely. Look clean, dude. <laughs> Look clean. <laughs> I mean, I don't even like. I don't even know where to start. I mean, guys, jump in because it, to me, it was just it was bizarre. And I think somebody on on the on the one of the announcers said, "I've never seen anything like that." And I second that motion. I have never seen anything quite like it. I, did, I was like, what is going on? I, I didn't even think that they actually scored that point, those those two points. But there was obviously miscommunication there, right? And one of the, the the thing that stood out to me is if things didn't look normal, right? If they're if the Mavericks were all the way on the other side of the court, why would the ref in give the ball to the Warriors to actually inbound it? I'm not saying that they, you know, if they made a mistake or they didn't tell the, the players that they change the call, that's fine. But to give the ball for, to the Warriors to, in, to actually inbound the ball when they saw that no players were on that side of the court, to me, that's a little strange. And I know Bro and JJ feel that if you're the Mavericks, you should know better. But to me, I feel like it was, it was kind of egregious to me. I, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Sammy, go I, ahead, man. I want to hear it. Well... For the sake of YouTube highlight videos for the next 10 years, I, I like that it's going to exist for the pure hilarity of the easiest <laughs> score of all time. Um, John, I see your point. I mean, how are you going to hand the ball to the inbounding team, seeing that all five players on the other team are on the other side of the court and knowing there was a dispute about possession right before the timeout? So 
it's uh, it's a shady move on the ref's part. I understand why the Mavs are so angry, but I mean, what are you gonna do? I guess at this point, I know they're gonna protest. I've never, you guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I've never heard of a formal protest actually changing anything. Yeah, like they might just admit they were wrong, but that's all they're no. gonna do. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I think so. there's only been like two or three in history. Yeah. Or in the recent memory, I guess I would say. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. So I, I, it obviously matters. It is a bit egregious, but because I'm a neutral fan in this game, I just mostly found it hilarious, personally. Same here. Egregious on the refs? Like, did the refs mess up, you think? You, I think, you think the refs I think up? on the refs, clearly there was a miscommunication in that the mass thought it was their ball. Looney did a great job of apparently convincing the refs otherwise, and it did not get communicated on some level. It had to be, right? Because if it was, someone on the Mavs would have said, I think we should be playing defense, although they haven't played much defense for the last month and a half. <laughs> so... Yeah, it didn't, look much, it didn't yeah. look much different than their normal game. I That's guess. true. It was their normal 0-0 zone. So... Well, okay, before I throw it over to the Warrior fans, because I, I do want to hear their unbiased, impartial opinion. I'm sure Absolutely. we're going to get here shortly. Mm-hmm. Is that, hey, if the Celtics didn't, if we didn't, if the Lakers didn't protest that Jason Tatum fell on LeBron James, then nothing, nothing goes this year. All right. Who cares? <laughs> Take it in stride. That's what I say. All right. Go ahead, guys. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm just going to say that the ref clearly said warrior ball facing the right hand side from the tv angle he pointed to the right where it gets ambiguous is right when that happened jason kidd called time out and when you call a timeout, you point at the bench which is where the confusion was for who just the mavs steve kerr drove up a play for warriors ball out yeah, pass the it to Looney and let him dunk. But anyway, go. <laughs> the Warriors knew beautifully it was designed. Warrior ball. The refs, the refs knew it was Warriors ball. But here's the thing, guys. The one thing that you can't argue, John and Sammy, is that if it was Mavs ball, why the hell are you on the other side? The ball was out on the other, on the right hand side on the TV angle, right? That's a great you point. You knew if it was your ball, then your ass, especially if you're four and you're number one, so your power forward and your guard should have been taking it out. There is no excuse for five Mavs players on their own side of the court. The ball never advances unless it is two minutes within the second or fourth quarter. That's a good point. No Very excuse. Very good point. JJ, JJ I am always standing up for you. the refs. Absolutely. <laughs> where's your uh, Where's your oh black and white striped God. shirt that you're supposed to wear today? <laughs> I mean, what What are the Mavs coaches and Mark Cuban supposed to do? Right? Are they really going to defend the fact that the Mavs actually didn't know whose ball it was? Of course they're not. They're going to defend their side. So I'm not even surprised at that that part. And JJ is absolutely right. There should be only four players down there. I'm um, actually three players out. Three, yeah. three players down on the other side, and two players at least on the opposite end where the ball was being taken out. But anyway, I'm gonna skip ahead to our next topic here. Jalen Brown. He was asked about whether or not he was gonna wait a year 
to enter free agency or maybe sign an extension. And he had this to say. He said, I don't know. As long as I'm needed, it's not up to me. Well, we'll see how we how they feel about me over time. And I feel about them over time. Hopefully, whatever it is, it makes sense. But I will stay here where I'm wanted. I will stay where I'm needed and treated correct. And then he also had like some other quotes about like some of the greatest players of all time haven't finished with their organization. Michael Jordan retired a wizard was an example that he gave. Bad if example. I'm a Boston fan, I'm... <laughs> it, it probably was a bad example. But if I'm a Boston fan, I am like sweating bullets listening to this quote. What do you guys think about Jalen Brown kind of leaving the door open here? Sensitive. I mean, this isn't the first time he's done it. He doesn't sound like the type of player who's committed to a city, which I don't fault him for that in the slightest. Um, but he's just more open about it, you know? Uh, he's always kind of talked in a way where it, it does feel like he treats basketball like a business, but he's also really good at it, which is fine. Uh, he's taken, he's been willing to stick his neck out and make some statements and have some takes that maybe other players wouldn't. It's never seemed like to me he's going to be a lifelong Celtic. It's always felt like at some point he's going to move just because he is so non-committal and is just going to do what's in his best interest. Is that 2024? It could be. I mean, I was looking at some of the teams interested and most of them can create space somehow to accommodate him. I would, I, the thing that's, I guess, an X factor is I have no idea what he would be looking for in his next spot because clearly if it's purely about winning, then it's going to be hard to top Boston and how they're mm. set up. So right. that being said, exactly what his other interests are would be uh, for us as fans to be determined. So I don't see him staying in Boston long term. Do any of you? Well, let me ask you this, Sammy. Is it okay if your girlfriend flirts with other dudes? Because everyone's going to say no. <laughs> Right? What I'm trying Correct. to get at is Jalen Brown, within the past five years, trade rumors, Kawhi, PG, KD, AD. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone likes to be part of trade rumors. And John, we had this conversation the other day about you brought up, remember when Lamar Odom, that dude was a baller. But once his name got brought up with the, the Chris Paul trade, his career went downhill. And that really resonated me, man, with me, man, especially with Jalen Brown. Like this this guy was the baller of the Boston Celtics during last year's finals. If the Celtics won, he would have been finals MVP, not Tatum. But it's kind of weird. Like Tatum gets all the love, as he should, but more love than Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown I would say is more consistent Jalen Brown however even with that really admirable performance for the finals still in the trade talks with KD and you know the you always say it John today's athlete super sensitive man yeah uh, so here's my take on this guys is I think this is a smart business move, whether you're Jalen Brown or whether whoever you are. And Sammy mentioned this being from Jalen Brown approaching this like a business because it is a business ultimately. 
is that you don't tip your cap and you leave things open ended because you don't know if you're going to be there forever. You don't know what life or what other variables are going to come into play, right? It's it's like um, just just having that leverage, but also he has the ability, let's say that he does leave, right? Or he's offered more money or for whatever reason he needs to relocate, he wants to relocate. It doesn't make him look like a fool by saying now saying, no, I want to be a Boston Celtic for life. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but when Kyrie Irving was a Cleveland Cavalier, he was at at some kindergarten or some some sort of event with kids. This little innocent, cute kid asked the question, said, Kyrie Irving, are you going to be a Cleveland Cavalier for life? <laughs> and Kyrie's response was, of course I am. I'm not going anywhere. And that, that clip... And just like for me, it's he Jalen Brown just being real about it, right? And Yo, and to me, it's also putting a lot of pressure on the organization to make sure that they don't get complacent. So for me, it's all it's smart all around. And he doesn't owe, owe anything to the fans. Of course, fans, Boston Celtic fans, want to hear, "I want to be a Celtic for life." But to me, that's not that's very unrealistic. And so I think it's a smart business move. Um, and, and in regards to Sammy's question, do I think he's going to be a Boston Celtic for life? My gut is telling me no. And I'll, I'll say I'll leave it at that. I, don't, I just don't think he will end up being a Celtic forever. It's just weird though, John, that he would even say this right before playoffs. We've seen it with like KD, where KD gets super weird. Like Sammy, remember 20, 2019 KD's last year with the Warriors, last year with the Nets. You don't know if he's going to resign, and mm-hmm. then it causes all this drama. Is this what the Celtics want? It's a good business move, but I don't think it's good for the locker room. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, right. it could be it could be a distraction. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think like it should you should allow it to be a distraction. But I do with social media. I do think there's a possibility of it happening. But I, I don't know the the context. Did did a uh, some reporter ask him this question? I mean, it sounds like it based on his quote. Yeah, he was basically asked on on whether or not he was looking forward to like a contract extension or maybe wait until free agency. And this is the answer he came up with. And the thing that concerns me is that like. It, it, the more political answer would have been like, yeah, like either way, I would love to be a Boston Celtic if they would have me and basically like leave it at that. But to me, this answer, I mean, it's so long and it's almost like steering the other way. Like mm-hmm. contract negotiations have not been good or kind to him at all, where he's already like imagining a future without, you know, wearing wearing the green. And to me, it's surprising because it's like Jalen Brown, just like Jason Tatum. I mean, they were they were raised right there in Boston, you know, as NBA superstars. Not a good look that you name drop Michael Jordan retired as a wizard either. Yeah. yeah. And well, in addition to that, too, though, I think J- what JJ said is very accurate. It's like, yeah, he came up in Boston, but he keeps getting thrown into every trade rumor. And maybe this is a little bit of business where he's throwing it back in their face like if you're going to keep talking about trading me who says i want to be here yeah you know and just as a kind of a tangent i just got curious to look at uh that year obviously a lot of these will be settled beforehand check out this free agent list that year right now player options and what have you lebron pg Kawhi, clay ad middleton harden potentially if he doesn't take his or if he does take his player option Siakam, Holiday, Porzingis, Brown's on this list, Draymond, depending on his player option, 
And then I saw one or two, and DeJounte Murray's on this list. This list is insane. This is the 24 free agency list, potentially. So it's very possible that we're going to have all kinds of movement. Maybe Brown sees that up front. He's playing a little uh, little 3D chess right now and is setting up, setting himself up because the league is going to dramatically shift that year. We just don't know how yet. Maybe he just sees ahead. Yeah, I wow. mean, it, it really sounds like it. Go ahead, John. I was just going to say the quote is just, sorry, JJ's right. Like some of the quote, some of the greatest players of all time have been finished their career with finished with their organization that they started with. I mean, can we take a step back? He is basically implying that he's one of the greatest players of all time. <laughs> or he's going to be one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, come on, let's just blow the brakes. I'm Pump the brakes a little bit here, Jalen. And it looks like we have some comments on, on YouTube. It's, it's basically talking about the Clippers and we're actually gonna get to that right after a break with a word from our sponsor. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway. And the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TBPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, boys, we got to talk about this Paul George injury. And man, it, it looked like a really ugly injury, man. He came down, he, that knee bent in a way that it's not supposed to bend. And apparently he's going to be out with a knee sprain. Looks like for two to three weeks. And that kind of puts us in the first round of the playoffs. He might miss the entire first round, which is really concerning and if we're looking at the standings here right now looks like the Clippers may play against let's say the Suns or the Kings maybe even the Grizzlies do you guys think the Clippers can get past the first round against any of those teams and before you guys answer I want you guys to know that Xavier Woods who's on our YouTube channel right now said Kawhi's legacy Sammy is on the line (laughs) <laughs> for this playoffs no excuses now i want the same energy given to lebron what do you guys think i'm gonna go to first xavier, or last man. on this You're... yeah shout out yo he's shout right. out xavier he's, he's right though sammy's right isn't he is Can he I say though because he's quick? already Can carried a team no championship go ahead john yeah i was just gonna say like Honestly, I think the Clippers were going to be bouncing the first round with Paul George, so I'm just going to say that. I'm just playing. Go ahead, Sammy. All right. So, obviously, watching that injury, I assumed, I think we all did, that he was gone for the season. Dude, I thought he was gone. Yeah, Yeah. I thought he tore up a couple ligaments. So Yeah, he must be doing some crazy yoga or something, dude. That flexibility must be great. Well, he is just married, but that's another story. Um... So, <laughs> so Tyloo came out and said this was the best result they could have hoped for when they saw that he went down. Um, two to three weeks reevaluated is such a it's it's a very vague statement. And so what I'm assuming is when they say a sprained knee, by definition, that means that it's probably a grade one. He stretched some ligaments, I would think, is what that means, and they need to see how they. Re- how well they've recovered. So going into your question, can they win the first round without him? 
I do think that largely depends on the opponent. I actually thought they had a decent shot against Phoenix at full strength. I don't think this version uh, can win without, without PG against them. Memphis and Sacramento, I still think could be toss-ups. I just think Memphis is so inconsistent in terms of what kind of effort we've seen from them. We can see them beat anybody, but then, you know, like yesterday, for example, they beat Houston by five at home. So I don't know how that's going to go. Every game the Clippers play against Sacramento going back five years is a one-point game. It feels like including that ridiculous double overtime lost this year and then I think they lost to them again by one point a week and a half later so I could see this going either way I do think it largely depends on matchup just as important will be do they fall into the plan the rest of their schedule is pretty favorable uh, they've got New Orleans and Chicago at home a couple games with Memphis which should be tough but then Pelicans Portland on that list a resting Phoenix team and then a very interesting game with the Lakers which the Lakers will obviously need so, I think if they can settle into six, they'll be okay if they get good news from him. In regards to what it means for Kawhi, the fact that we've already seen him uh, basically carry Toronto to a championship on a one-year rental with no chemistry, if you think about it with that team, I, I think his legacy is defined, but I think it's complicated because he has played so few games in the regular season but in the playoffs, he's always been pretty incredible. So I get the complaints with him, but I don't think you can question his playoff performance. That's that's how I see it personally. What do you guys think? John, Silence, did, crickets. No, I'm, you, I'm thinking, man, because like with this Paul George injury, we've seen uh, this Clipper team get injured at the wrong time of the year mm -hmm. during the postseason. and. We all want to see this duo. I mean, as the fans of our teams, we want everyone healthy. So with whoever team wins, there's no excuse. Whoever wins the championship. Um, shout out. Who's to, winning uh, the West? Who's winning the West? I mean, who is winning the West? I'm, I'm going with the Homer pick, dude, because they're the defending champs. I'm going Warriors. Hmm. Interesting. Not surprising, John. actually. John, what do you <laughs> Look think? Look at my surprised face. As John takes the Lakers. Anyway, no, 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 no. I'm not going to... Listen, look. Big-time Laker fan. That's a great question, Xavier. Uh, I think... Okay. I know I'm going to get a lot of hatred. And I'm going to get a lot of rolling eyes here. But I, I truly think that if Monty Williams knows how to stagger Booker... KD and CP3. I know that they have depth issues, but I think fully healthy, they still play really good defense. I think it's going to be the Suns. Okay. I, I so badly, I can't bring myself to do it. I really want to light the beam. I do. No, no way. Do it. I don't care. Do it. I don't know. You can't. You light, can't. light that beam. Sammy, you Sammy, you can't light the beam. There's no. They don't. Zero defense on that. That's team. that's the reason I can't light the beam. But the thing is, they have the same kryptonite as Denver, who I initially liked too. But now I'm starting to worry about them. I think it's gonna be matchup based. But if I have to pick a team right now, I am going to very shakily pick Denver. But. I say that with very little confidence. I just, I think it's too open. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm oh. actually with John on this one. I feel like the West is so open and everyone basically on that, every team that's going to be in the playoffs has a reason not to pick them. It's just the Suns have this X factor called KD where it's like he could put, he could hide so many deficiencies, dudes. And we saw him like fit in with that team super well already. Um, but they also back- have the choking factor called Chris Paul. That's, that's true. You mean the injury factor or the choking factor? <laughs> so, so getting back to uh, the original question here, um, looks like Sammy, you don't you don't think they could get past, past the Suns, uh, the Clippers, that is, but you think they could get past the Kings and the Grizzlies? Potentially. John, potentially. Yes. John, what what do you think? Man. First you know round what? without. I, I would love to see a Clippers and Kings first round. That would be, to me, I honestly think that would be a great series. I think I could go six or seven. I think the Kings, like, they remind me of. Was that that Warriors team we believe? Were they good defensively? Good enough. No. Yeah, they were like, okay, right? Okay at best, right? Yeah. 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 I just think like matchups. I don't know the Kings. They, I don't know, man. I, I that would be a great series. But I do think that the the Clippers could beat the Kings. I don't think they could beat the Suns. Honestly, I think they could beat the Grizzlies. Um, dude, the West is so open, like you said, Ro. I I think that just like every matchup that we see would would be a close one. I don't think there would be a clear cut favorite in the West, unless the Suns play like somehow the Pelicans make it into the AC, which I highly doubt or something yeah. or like the Right. <laughs> on a really quick tangent, really quick, and then we'll move on. Um, my sincere hope though, just for pure entertainment, is that the Kings end up in the two, the Lakers get the seven, and that's the first round. Because the Kings going back to the playoffs after 15 years and playing the Lakers would be nuts, and Sacramento would go crazy. And I personally would love to see that series. But I just want to Lakers and Lakers in four. <laughs> JJ, I'm, I'm going to have you answer this. Xavier Woods said, uh, Warriors is crazy, man. They got a bad road record. Yeah, it is. Bad is an understatement. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that is definitely an understatement. It is crazy. Um, I've just seen too many championship teams to know, never count them out. Like, you never count out, counted out Jordan. You never counted out Kobe. And it's hard to count out LeBron. Um, the Warriors, I've seen them this year. It's super frustrating to watch. Their deficiencies on defense and turnovers and shot selection in the fourth quarter are terrible. But it's all contingent if they get two of their top defenders back, which would be GP2 and Wiggins. Yeah, and GP2 is set to return on Sunday. And yeah, that's 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 really like if you saw how GP2, like when I say you, like the listeners, if you saw how GP2 played last year, he wasn't just like a whatever role player. I could argue that he was probably second or third best player on the Warriors next to Stefan Wiggs. Yeah, and we saw Steve Kerr actually favor GP2 in the starting lineup over Poole for like half of the playoffs last year. But anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Pat Bev because he had some crazy quotes recently. He said, he had this to say. He said, I play a bad game with Chicago. I ain't got to look on Twitter and hear he's a bum. Get out of here. Like I was hearing that ish in LA. 
And he went on. He said, yeah, we should do this on defense. And then the reply would be, nah, we cool, we cool. We got to rotate. Bron, what do you mean we got to rotate? You ain't even playing. They don't listen to me. You got to go through the first the first year coach, the LeBron, the AD, the Russ, then it gets to me. You don't hear my ish the way you should be hearing my ish. What do you guys think about uh, Pat Bev's comments on his tenure with the Lakers? Well, now we know why the Lakers traded him. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. I'll add to that later. All right. Well, where to start with this? Um, All right. First, I will say this as knowing the difference between the Clippers and the Lakers in the media spotlight. If you play for the Lakers, everyone's watching. It doesn't matter if they're 20 and 40 or 50 and 10. They're going to get attention. So the reason that you're not seeing it on Twitter when you play Chicago is because I'm sorry to say this, but the Bulls aren't good and no one's paying attention. It doesn't matter. So that's a big part of it. And the Clippers fan base, LA or not, is probably realistically 20% of the Laker fan base. And most of the Clipper fan base is so used to failure that they tend not to attack players other than Marcus Morris on Twitter. No <laughs> offense, Marcus Morris, but that's what I'm seeing lately. Um, so that, that's a big part of this. Um, in terms of telling people what to do on defense, like there's always going to be a pecking order. When he came to the Clippers team, that team was young. They were going to be willing to take advice from a defensive leader. And that first team he was on didn't really have a true star. That was that team that had Lou Will on it. I think Crawford was in for a year before he went out. Like there wasn't a true number one, so he could lead the defense. If you're on a team with LeBron, with AD, with Russ, like you're not going to be the first voice in the locker room. And the fact that he doesn't understand that says that he's still, you know, a little naive about how locker rooms are going to get dictated at this point. So, like, I get his passion, I respect it, but. The whole quote sounds exactly like something Pat Beverly would say to me, and I'm not remotely surprised. Like, not even in the slightest. Too bad uh, <laughs> Pat Bev is playing with someone that claims to be the king. Self-proclaimed king. <laughs> There's no way that uh, LeBron King James is going to listen to a player who gets paid by the vet minimum. It's not going to happen. You have AD, who doesn't even try on defense in the first quarter. Why should he listen to Pat Bev? And then Russ, obviously John and Sammy's favorite player. We've seen Russ not even listen to KD. Not even listen to James Harden. Not even listen to LeBron. So why why would he listen to Pat Bev? So I kind of see Pat Bev's kind of thought, which is like, I'm suggesting something, but there is a pecking order. And sorry, man, you are bottom of that order. <laughs> Whether you feel like you're 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 not supposed to be there or not, like straight up, you know. Look, before I rip into Pat Bev, <laughs> I'm gonna say this: he did give us one of the most entertaining moments of this NBA season when he ran onto the court with an SLR camera pleading with the referee showing him the clip of Jason Tatum fouling LeBron James yeah that was hilarious. that was up there that's that up was there good. not even this year that's like top five in the like last all 10 time. years yeah all time yes along with Outrageous. the greatest play and celebration of all time last year so he's given us some memorable moments 
He has. He's entertaining. I'll say, I'll say that. But, okay. Pat Bev, if I'm speaking to you. Look. Sammy said what Sammy said was absolutely correct. This is LA, La La Land. You are going to get the spotlight. Doesn't matter. When we had Smush Parker on our team, we still got the spotlight. That's that says a lot. And look, even our fans, man, like they they are they are toxic. I'll admit it. And that they they get a lot of hate. Listen, that's not the majority though. And this is like LA Hollywood. There's a lot of people like that here in you know in LA. But when LeBron James has a bad game, they start calling him a bum. Some people start calling him a bum. I mean, come on, that's, that's like outrageous, right? That's just an outrageous take. And it's something that you, don't, you shouldn't even pay attention to. So, I mean, he just acts like he's surprised, but I get it, he, you know, maybe he's not surprised. But the fact that he's bringing this up, it's, it's to me, it's, it's just like, well, you're not a Laker anymore, right? Why are we still talking about you? Or why are you still talking about us? You know, move on. Hope you do well in Chicago. Hope you make... It's going to be interesting when the when the Bulls play the Lakers. I'll say that they play them twice here in the last eight games, I believe. Um, I think it's a back-to-back actually, and so those are going to be huge games. And my God, as a Laker fan, if I see if the Bulls win that game, <laughs> I, I may have to turn off the TV and not watch <laughs> for the next five days because I know I mean... it's going to be terrible. Pat Bev says, like, I play a bad game with Chicago. I ain't got to look in Twitter and hear he's a bum. Like, Pat Bev, like, think about the aspirations of, like, each team. Like, the Lakers, they're aspiring to get a championship. Right now, the Bulls, it seems like they just want to stop the Lakers from getting into the playoffs. Like, there's no, there's no like, championship aspiration there right now, right? Because, like, no one's really watching Chicago right now. I mean, it sounds kind of harsh, but it's the truth. So I don't think you would see those things on Twitter. But anyway, we're going to take take it to the next topic here. So Kyrie Irving, there's been like some buzz like around pundits and stuff like that, talking about Kyrie Irving possibly joining with the Lakers for this ne- next coming off season. And there's a, a report from The Athletic. It says, what I've been told from my sources around the organization, they wanted to run this situation as in the current roster back. It looks good so far. They've won a lot of games. They've done a lot of winning without LeBron James. That's something that's kind of been under-discussed. The non-LeBron minutes were always an issue for the Lakers going back to his first year in LA and the championship season. This is my third season on the beat, and this is the best chemistry and vibes I've seen around the team. From what I'm told, they're not going to be pursuing Kyrie Irving this offseason. So this is kind of like a change. Because a lot of us kind of speculated that Kyrie Irving may be joining LeBron in LA. What do you guys think about now the opposite's happening where Kyrie is not going to be joining LA? Do you think this is the right move? I think the Lakers need to look into last year with or two years ago with what happened with the Nets, June. Because right. I felt that with Kyrie and Katie and their supporting players, they were really good, man. Um, James Harden got traded for Karis LeVert and Jared Allen. And I, I feel that sometimes, I know the NBA has had history of top-heavy talent, but depth is important in the playoffs. It can be very important. And Karis LeVert, wasn't he an all-star last year too, guys? Or Jared Allen? Uh-huh. Jared Allen was an all-star, so it doesn't necessarily mean that if you have three 
uh, top 25 players on your team, you might win. Because I don't know, I don't, I don't know if the right move is to trade your depth. And I know I just referred to the Nets, but look at what happened when the Lakers traded for Westbrook. They gave up their depth. They traded all those players that helped them win the bubble championship and that totally messed up with their defense. And the Lakers were known as a defensive team. So are you long story short, fellas, sometimes you just need games and reps to gel to get chemistry. And I think that's what they need. Mm-hmm. I'm, at think, the, I'm at the point with this where every time Kyrie gets traded, it kind of proves to me why a team probably shouldn't want him going forward if he's one of the lead two. And yes. I don't get why in the world the Lakers would want him at this point. Ever since he's been to Dallas, I tried to do some quick math. I believe the Mavs are 7-11 and 11 since that trade. And everywhere he's gone outside of that Boston scenario and one year in Cleveland, he keeps failing. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Wow. The Brooklyn experiment, I mean, I know the Clippers and the Nets, they formed the teams at the same time. I know the Clippers haven't gone well. The Nets was even worse. That team got destroyed in a couple of years. They lost all their assets. This thing in Dallas isn't going well. The Lakers, meanwhile, pulled off a great trade deadline. Like, why would you break that up to bring this guy in? I know that it's discussed while well, he had success with LeBron. That was one off seven years ago. Do you really want to take another shot at trying to catch that again when you're clearly building something where the team has proven they could win with LeBron out of the lineup now? So I don't see why the Lakers would even sniff this. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch signing Kyrie at the expense of all those guys with a 10-foot pole. There's no way I would do this. So that's where I stand on this. John? <laughs> Look. I don't think there's any debate that Kyrie Irving is an all-world basketball player. He's better than D'Angelo Russell. But he's not better than D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley combined. And like you guys said, that is the key here. That you would have to sacrifice your depth to get someone like Kyrie Irving. And basketball is a team sport, and guys need to rest. You can't play LeBron, Kyrie, and, and you know what? I'm putting Austin Reeves in there. Oh <laughs> and AD. You can't play all four of them at the same time, like all 48 minutes, right? You they need to rest and you need to be able to have a bench that can actually at least keep the score the same or, you know, keep, keep up with the other team's bench or even, you know, be up on that bench. So definitely agree with you guys 100%. Keep the same team or at least a resemblance of the team next year and give it a full off season. I mean, a full training camp. Like, I think people forget too, the Lakers started off 2 and 10 this year. If they didn't start off that terribly, there's a good chance that they're probably in the fourth or fifth seed right now. Maybe higher with how poor the West has been. Say it. Why do you think they were 2 and 10? <clears throat> Westbrook. <laughs> hey, you know what? I ain't mad at Clippers Westbrook. He's actually been pretty good for them so far. So. And you know, I, what I took from this quote. The, the biggest part of it to me was the part where he says this is the best chemistry and the most fun that they've been having, basically. And like Xavier Woods, he basically said it. He said uh, on the comments here, we don't need a toxic locker room because I don't think Kyrie 
added to any locker room is going to add better chemistry, more fun. So, anyway, sage. <laughs> lots of sage, lots and lots of sage. But that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, everybody. John, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you. Shout out Xavier Woods. Good questions, man. Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Always good to be here, man. Good to be back. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Send it to the internet.